Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share inspiring stories and tips on facing vulnerability and the lessons we can use to help us be able to find success and fulfillment in our own lives. With each episode, we hope to impact one listener. And if anything you've heard has impacted you, we'd appreciate you sharing it on social. Thank you for listening. Now let's get vulnerable. Alaric Hutchinson said, Vulnerability really means to be strong and secure enough within yourself that you're able to walk outside without your armor on. You're able to show up in life as just you. That is genuine strength and courage. Armor may look tough, but all it does is mask insecurity and fear. This is episode 31 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Hansa Bergwall. Being a kid that was a little more sensitive than most and growing up with hippie parents didn't prepare him the best for entering school. He was definitely different from most of his peers, which made him an easy target. This would lead to him starting to build defenses, which would suppress a lot of his personal growth for many years. At age 11, his mother would suddenly pass away, which obviously came with its own set of difficulties. Just like for most of us, high school would present a whole new set of challenges and continue to build that armor that he was hiding behind. This would lead to a lack of real friends and he'd bury himself in books. Then, when he went on an exchange trip to Spain and was outside of the norm, he ended up bonding with a few of his peers and created friendships he still has today. It wouldn't be until his 30s that he'd finally realize he needed to start working on the traumas of his past to really find his truth. This would lead to a ton of new experiences, one of which really opened him up while attending an event called Burning Man. He'd also discover the practice of considering your mortality five times a day, which would eventually lead him to founding an app. Now he's the co-founder of We Croak, an app that sends you five quotes a day reminding you to contemplate death, hoping that it will bring people to a more present place in their life when they're just routinely going from day to day. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Hansa Bergwall. Hey Hansa, thank you for coming on to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm really happy to have you here today. Um, uh, people that may not know, um, you create an app called We Croak, uh, and uh, I downloaded your app probably around a year ago. It's made a major shift in my life. When I tell people that it's a, an app that helps me contemplate death, they kind of give me this stare like, what's wrong with you? But you have to explain a little bit more than that. But uh, like I said, it's uh, been a major shift for me, and I, I really appreciate you coming on today. Well, thank you so much. It's, it's an honor to be here. Awesome. So the first question I like to ask every guest that comes on is what is your definition of vulnerability? Oh, you know, for me, vulnerability is another word for honesty. Um, usually when we're trying to defend or hide something, it's just some tender spot that we either don't want to admit to or admit the, to the world too, that we're, we've got a soft spot. We've got, um, we've got, you know, a hidden spot and, um, to be vulnerable, it's always, you know, figuring out how to get to that gushy, amazing space. It's always like, well, what am I lying to myself about? What am I not being honest to myself about? What am I hiding from myself? Cause I don't want to see how I'm really, um, you know, at risk and, um, you know, trying to be more vulnerable and more alive as a result is a big part of why I started looking at, you know, death more. Cause it's one of the first things that I was hiding from myself and that a lot of people do too. Um, so, you know, when I, when I think about vulnerability and about for myself and wanting more of it, it's always a question of how can I be more honest about who, uh, who I am, where I am, what's happening. Uh, it's a great definition. And to be honest, I think the first time I've ever heard that. So <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Uh, I, you know, I've never heard of somebody relate the vulnerability or the word vulnerable to honesty, but it definitely makes sense um, in terms of, you know, getting more connected with who we are and, and who we want to be um, moving forward. So I uh, appreciate that one. So the next question for me is, is what would you say, um, if you could think back, would be your earliest memory of going through uh, some sort of vulnerability or struggle in your life? Oh, um, well, I was a pretty sensitive kid. I grew up um, 
you know, hippie family, they were meditators. I was like not prepared emotionally, spiritually with like a good armor for like kindergarten and first grade. (laughs) (laughs) So kids would like tease me about, you know, things I was just letting hang out as being weird or different or not sounding right. And I would like come home and, and, and cry. So I definitely had like the early childhood experience of just like no defenses. (laughs) Um, which is which is beautiful, and uh, I think you learn pretty quickly um, to build defenses, you know. Um, and I think it's important to, uh, you know, just in terms of development, you can't walk around, um, you know, like like putting your heart in front of the wolves all the time, because the world can be harsh and it can be bad and it can be uh, it can be mean and it can be cruel, and that's just part of where we live. Um, and then, of course, you know, growing up. Uh, parent passing away my mother when I was 11, um, high school, which is the same for everyone in some ways, you know, I, I built up a lot of really strong defenses against being vulnerable. Uh, and, um, I was good at it. Um, like a lot of people, I mean, it's, it's skill, but most of us work on it a long time and get very good at it. And it wasn't until, maybe in my late 20s, early 30s, that I started to really notice the costs of all that defensiveness, all that armor, is that it takes a toll on, um, you know, that that childhood wonder of being alive in the world and gushy and feeling great and and wonderful just starts to disappear if you do it too long and too habitually. Um, So that was when I started my real, like, adult process of figuring out, like, how do you be vulnerable more safely? How do you do it as an adult? How do you have a share of feeling alive through this um, that you can handle? Um, and uh, that's been a long multi-year journey, journey <laughs> that I'd say is still unfolding. No, I completely understand that. I mean, my, I think facing it has only come in the last couple of years. I'm 33 right now. So it's funny because I've been listening to, I listen to every single one of my episodes just because I like hearing back what people had to say. And one thing I've constantly noticed is there's something about the thirties. I don't know if it's like you hit 30 and everybody comes to this big awakening or something like that, because honestly, I've had probably at least five or six guests that I've had on say that when they hit 30, they had this life changing moment. And even for me, that's when it happened. So I, I'm really wondering, and I, I may have to do some research into it because I'm really wondering if there's something about that age. So talking about, you know, like, you know, when you were younger and, and being sort of more sensitive and, and not really knowing how to fit in, you know, you talked about sort of creating these defenses, but what would you say if, you know, more specifically, if you have anything that you can remember that you did to sort of overcome that, because um, I can only imagine going to school every day and having to deal with probably some sort of bullying and, and just not feeling like you fit in. What did you say? What would you say helped you sort of overcome it or get through it? Uh, overcome it as a kid or, or, or now? No, like, yeah, as, like when you were younger, like, can you remember back to anything that you did or like anything? What were any... the defensive things that I did? Oh, sure. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Sure. Of course. Uh, very normal things. Uh, uh, defensive strategies would be to get quiet, withdraw a little bit, conform, you know, figure out what other kids are wearing or doing and start to move, act, try to be, stick out a little bit less. Um, uh, you know, sometimes proactively, um, a little bit like me and myself perhaps at times, although I was never very good at bullying, <laughs> but I could, you know, um, there's just all the sort of things that kids do to survive. I don't think I had a very, um, special or uh distinguished childhood that way i just sort of did what i had to do to uh survive you know and to um try to have a good time which is what kids want to do no definitely i like for me it's just sort of a curiosity because some some people have mentioned you know like they relied on friendships or they relied on you know even parents sometimes or something like that so i just like to get an idea of if they if you can remember sort of back then you know what you might have done to sort of get through that um, just because I, I can only imagine that when I have listeners here, they they probably range from all different ages. And so it's just something to try and help people think about if you're going through this, maybe here's something that you can do to to help yourself, you know, get through it. Um, was there yeah, any new? That's, sh- a really, that's a really good question. Um, well, for a long time, uh, I didn't have many close friends um, because I was hiding so much. Um, and so a lot of my life got taken up in books, which definitely was helpful the rest of my life, like to be able to open a book and feel like I'm talking to someone to engage with an idea 
um, to just get the bug of like, I like to read, I like to research, I like to enter a fantasy world novel or, you know, a nonfiction book. That was, that was really lovely. Um, and then in early high school, I'd say like sophomore year, I went on an exchange trip to Spain for a little bit of time. And on that trip, I sort of made some friends that I still have today. Um, uh, just in my class, like finally a, a deep bonding experience and a different atmosphere um, and close friendships are something that um, I've been able to have ever since then. Just learned how to do it at that point, And they're tremendously helpful on absolutely everything <laughs> in terms of feeling good about life. So the, 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 these struggles and these vulnerable moments that, that you went through at that time, you know, leading up to high school, was there any new strength that it helped you uh, find in yourself that it presented? Um, you know, because again, we talked about sort of these defenses and stuff like that, but was there a strength that came out of it? Is there something, you know, like, for example, people have talked about confidence, uh, gaining a little more confidence. I mean, in your case, it doesn't sound like that might be the, the, the case at that age or anything, but what new strength would you say that you may have discovered in yourself? Um, at that point as a teenager well yeah any like again in that age range I think we're from what I can tell we're talking about anywhere from you know grade one up until about high school is when you sort of had these these struggles and these vulnerabilities with the fact that you know you didn't feel like you fit in or that you you know you were different um, from other people so was there a strength that you were able to discover in yourself at that point in time that just sort of gave you um, I guess you know, like I said, when, when I've talked to other guests, some people say that it helped them discover the confidence in themselves because of the fact that they had more time with themselves. Okay, yeah. Um, this goes a long time ago, but I think looking <laughs> back, uh, you know, you make a friendship with some vulnerability, right? Because you got to be real with people for them to really, like you were to feel like you have a good friend in them. You know, I'd had people I hung out with before, but, you know, it was it was different. And then mm -hmm. you take a risk, you know, and I don't know actually what got me to that point where I was willing to take a risk and be real with people that I really liked and form friendships at that moment. Maybe it was just being away from a place that was like, you know, the, the suburb and the high school I grew up in and that different context made a difference in terms of, you know, I was so far out of my comfort zone already speaking in another language, living with a family in another country for some time that uh that it was just easier um you know a jolt out of your routine can sometimes be very helpful uh to get you out of your routine and do normal natural things like make a friend <laughs> um and uh so that was probably had something to do with it and then once you know the risk was taken and returned and back and forth and a relationship starts and you're really feeling real with people it can just keep going that way especially if people take care of it and are um uh hold that trust you know rather than break it no and and i think that's a great one to pull from there is is that you sort of had that ability to take risks because i mean speaking of your app again we croak i can't see that that didn't seem like a bit of a risk <laughs> when you came out with an app that most people would probably be like well, what is this and then on top of that i mean i i create an app i don't know how you did it but i know it's not exactly the most affordable thing sometimes to do is create an app and especially if you're not sure what the direction of it or what might happen with it. So I can, I can sort of correlate at least that, you know, having that ability to take risks when you were a bit younger helped you to take that risk now with, with what you've created. So, um, so yeah, I just, uh, you know, again, simple. Well, I, I'll tell you the story cause it's, it's kind of like that. I, uh, I'd had the idea for that. We croak. It just, just people know it reminds people that they're going to die five times a day at randomized times inspired by the Bhutanese folk saying that to be a happy person, you have to consider your mortality five times a day. And when I'd heard that folk saying, I'm like, huh, I want to do that. But it's actually really hard to remember. I wish my phone would remind me. And for some reason, I really wanted it to be random so that I wouldn't like predict when it would come in. Uh, so I had this idea, uh, but I live in New York. Uh, I'm not, I had not until this time done anything in tech ever uh, and don't know how to code. Um, me and my husband rented our extra room on Airbnb to this guy named Ian Thomas, who happened to be an iOS developer <laughs> here like a month. And one night we got to talking and I just sort of told him my idea. Like, I'm like, Hey, I have this idea for an app, which, you know, I was expecting to get rejected and be like, uh, cause I, I had 
floated it by people before and everyone thought I was crazy. <laughs> uh, and I was just in love with the idea. And at the, that point in my life, I didn't really care who thought I was crazy, which is very helpful sometimes. Um, and it was just very, very lucky that uh, Ian totally got it and wanted it on his phone too. He never imagined it could be a successful business or this or that, but um, we decided to make it together that night. He just said it was like a shovel ready project that he really wanted to do. And he loved the idea and he had the bandwidth at that moment. And uh, we launched it together a couple months later. Um, I think it was about three months later actually that it was available on the store. And then another few months before, um, you know, the world kind of discovered it through um, some PR that uh, some articles that came out. And um, yeah, I put a total of like $600 in it for some design work. And it was other than that, it was all sweat, just us like having fun um, doing that. And it all came out of just like, hey, you're here. You know how to do something that I have an idea about. If you like this idea, let's do it. And you know, being willing to be totally shut down, being told no, all those things. Uh, otherwise, I never would have asked, you know, if I wasn't willing to hear no, because that was probably going to be the answer. Um, and it was just very lucky that it wasn't. So, um, you know, being willing to seem crazy and put <laughs> put yourself out there and be vulnerable, I guess, is, is literally how things that are magical can happen. No, definitely. I mean, I couldn't uh, come up with a better story myself <laughs> to and, pretty much for that. You know, it's not that every time you're vulnerable, something magic will happen. It's not like a one for one. It's not like one creates the other. It just creates the opportunity for something to happen. Like you're not guarded and you're like, hey, world, I want this. And true, the world is very likely to be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Me I was crazy. But sometimes if you put it out there, it will say yes, because you gave it the opportunity to. I, I just recently, uh, well, not recently, probably a few months ago, I read a, a book by Robin Sharma and one of the chapters, the, the title of the chapter was literally don't ask, don't get. And so there's a perfect example. And like you said, it might not be one for one, but if you don't put yourself out there, if you don't ask for things, then there's zero chance of you getting them. At least if you do it 10 times, maybe twice, three, four, whatever. But the other thing that's crazy to me is like, I'm one of those over the last few years with everything that's sort of gone on in my life, I've come to this sort of belief that you know there's no such thing as coincidences and the universe has definitely something to do with everything that goes on in our lives and i couldn't think of a better story than what you just said because the chances of an ios developer landing in your place to stay as an airbnb and then want to be a, a wanting to help you build this app just seems like it's a you know <laughs> it was meant to be sort of thing yeah it was not lost on me that it felt a little teed up a little <laughs> when it happened we didn't feel that way at the time it just felt like oh we've been renting out this room oh this is an interesting person a little different than the rest um yeah i'm not sure uh, i absolutely think you know this life and this universe can be you know magical sometimes when you do that that feeling of wonder that feeling of like everything comes together especially when we're putting ourselves out there and being vulnerable it happens and it feels wonderful and i don't want to deny that in any way and then at the same time I have a lot of suspicion about that claim like everything happens for a reason um, because a lot of bad things happen in the world too that are nobody's True. fault and um, I think it's so kind of mean when someone like dies and people are like well everything happens for a reason or like you get a terrible diagnosis which happens this part of life you know and people say well you know you know, the world doesn't give you anything that you can't handle. It's like, no, the world often gives things to people that they can't handle or that are really bad. Uh, and we have to expect those too. Um, and yet, considering we all have to lose everything, you know, age, get sick, die, um, we might as well have some fun in the meantime and find a tempo and find like a certain way of improvising and like having a good time. Um, and I think that's what I'm trying to do. And it's really fun when you can find people willing to do it with you. I guess I would look at it as kind of like, um, like stand up improv when people just say uh, yes. And, you know, when you like throw a fun idea out there, they just are willing to play with you. Yeah. And that's really the magic. It's not like the universe, like put it together. It's like, I met someone and they were willing to say yes. And not like, mm, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and I get you, you know, so that's that's I think we create it, you know. I think that we do it together um when interesting things happen and 
you know, that's, that's about us. It's about our approach to the world. It's about our, our way of seeing the world, our way of interacting with each other, being playful, being open to possibilities sometimes, uh, knowing when, you know, to guard your time, of course, too. But um, yeah, I, I love it when the world feels like magical and there's synchronicity and coincidence. I think that's part of the fun of life. And um, I also think it's really important to remember that's something we create, is my opinion. <laughs> no, and, and honestly, like, I, I'm just taking it all in right now because I've, I've never heard it put that way. And for me, it's just, like I said, over the last few years, there's been a lot of things that happened that I couldn't see as coincidences, but that might be just a different way of looking at it. And the fact that it might just be that I've been more open to things than I have been in the past, you know, like it just, there's been a lot of things that have happened over the last, you know, two to three years. I I got basically at 31, I got let go from my job, thought it was the end of the world. And then progressively things got better. And again, I, I don't, you know, when you're in a moment where you think it's like I said, where you think it's the end of the world and you can't ever imagine it getting better. And then all of a sudden, just like one thing after the other starts to happen and like, just things start to come together. Even like this podcast was a, a random idea and started to come together. So um, for me, it's just, that's the way I've looked at it, I guess, is that it, it's hard for me to see coincidences. An example of a coincidence that just felt like, wow, how did that work out? That's so amazing. Sorry? It, can you give me an example of just a coincidence that happened in your life in the last So, So the one thing years? that I can think of when I first got let go from my job, um, there was this book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Again, Robin Sharma. Um, not that I have, you know, I don't read all his books, but this was one that was brought up to me a few months before I got let go from my job by a coworker. And I was just like, yeah, that sounds cool, whatever. And then maybe a week or two after I got laid off from the job, I ended up speaking with a gentleman that I met online who was in Belgium. Uh, so nowhere near me, didn't know who he was, but we said, let's hop on a call. We hop on this call. And one of the first things he says to me in our conversation is you should read this book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And I'm like, that's really weird because I was just told to read it. And then that book literally started to shift my mindset. Now, again, like I said, I don't know if it's just because when the first person told me I wasn't as open to whatever he was telling me or whatever he was talking about, or, you know, again, I don't know what it was, but it was just weird to me that that sort of thing happened, um, you know, and then yeah, there's just been, you know, other little things, but that's the biggest one I can think of off the top of my head when you're asking that question. Yeah. Um, I love that story so much. It's actually a big part of one of the things I'm passionate about and why, like, to be honest, the hardest thing about building WeCroke was the randomization. You know, when you're building ones and zeros, my partner has told me many times, it's like, it's very easy to make things regular and scheduled. Randomness is not how code works, (laughs) like at all. You know, it's just like very, like that was like the part that was hard, you know? And, you know, the reason we insisted on it, even though it was hard is, because we wanted it to have that magic eight ball quality, you know, like the ghost in the machine would just be talking to you sometimes. Um, uh, and uh, that you would get, you know, the perfect quote at the perfect moment, like in the middle of, you know, a fight with my husband one time, I got this quote from Han that's like, you know, to get out of anger, you know, imagine who you're angry at in 300 years, what will they be, you know, bones and dust, and you too. And you know, we both ended up laughing about it. It totally changed the mood. And it was like, how did that happen at that moment? And like, maybe there's a ghost in the machine. Like I'm trying to <laughs> those things, but maybe also I get five of these a day at random ties and every once in a while one hits just right, you know? Um, and there's, there's a certain quality in which I don't think our human brains cannot be like inordinately influenced by um, coincidences, synchronicities, those feelings of like, whoa, how did that happen? And, um, you know, in this case that I hear you, I mean, you can look at it either way. I think both are valid, but like ultimately what mattered is that, you know, um, that one, you had a moment of wonder, which jolted you out of like your routine, like, you know, being hurt, having a sadness about the job length, like you were willing to have a different emotional experience and two, you read the book. Yeah. (laughs) I think, that's, I think that's really, really valuable. Um, and, you know, I also try not to take it too far into like um, determinism that like everything happens and, um, uh, you know, it was all foretold. That seems very disempowering to me. I, I choose at least to really remember that, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's weird. Not everything can be explained. And that's part of the fun. 
but ultimately it's up to us to, to read the book, to, to let it in, you know? No, definitely. Like I said, it, this is giving me a different perspective on on looking at things for sure, because I've just sort of been going through the past few years of my life, just believing that there's no such thing as coincidences. And maybe that's things that have been said to me or whatever, but this is definitely a, a different perspective on it. And I, and I appreciate it. And that's the one thing I really appreciate about podcast period is that you get so many different perspectives, this whole subject of vulnerability. When I started the vulnerable podcast, I was worried that people were going to be like, well, he's just sort of, you know, latching on to the, the, uh, uh, I guess the trend of vulnerability and the Brene Brown and the, this and the, that. And what I've really been trying to do is get these different perspectives and having different people, people that, you know, I've had people that have had major health issues that they've had to overcome. I've had people that had family issues, mental health issues, whatever it might be. And so I like getting these different perspectives because it helps me grow as well. It helps me learn. Yeah. And that's, that's really why I'm sort of, um, I guess, like I, I hate telling people how to look at the world app never tells you that it just tells you like death is happening for sure that's real <laughs> um and you know i don't know what happens after the afterlife i don't know if, like i'm very agnostic about things i can't answer but i know death is real um <clears throat> but the reason i'm a little bit like uh like like whoa there around anything having to do with determinism is yes it's really fun when things are on the up and like things are reorganizing and we're being open to coincidence and stuff like that and that's an important part of life um, but I can tell you just from talking to a lot of people in hospice and who work in end of life, which I've done now, is that it really can uh, hurt and stuff makes suffering a lot when um, the other part of life happens, when people get things they can't handle, when they get sick, when they you know, get cancer, when they're dying, um, when there's a fatal accident. Uh, it can really feel like, oh my God, that means the universe is out to get me or it's punishing me or, you know, and that can really... Um, one, obscure the fact that, you know, it's the most normal thing in the world. Every one of us loses everything. Uh, we're not alone in this. And uh, that, you know, if we get another day, we can still start putting back together in new ways. But, you know, it's important to remember that, um, uh, you know, the world is, it's not, uh, it's not out to get us, you know, it's not, even no matter what happens, it's, it's you know, it's generally like, it's not trying to, like there's nothing like determining that we suffer like in that way sometimes things happen that they suck and you know we need to accept those things um and you know, go through our grief and you know not worry about what that means about our like whether we're good people or not in addition to going through whatever that is no oh, again like i said this is uh I, i'm almost lost for words because again this is just for me there, there's a lot of things that you're bringing up that that I've never thought about for one. One of the things that you just brought up that I've given some thought to just from hearing it on other podcasts and um, is volunteering at a hospice. And, and I, don't, I don't know if it's just because I'm hearing about it or because of uh, you know, this app or because of the way that my, I'm opening up or whatever, but it's something I've thought about doing. And I don't know if there's any way you can speak further about that, but it's just something I think is, I don't know. I, I, it's something I've been giving some thought to. So I, I, I don't know if there's anybody else listening that's given some thought to it. Like, what was that experience like for you? I don't know if you're still doing it or you said that you had done it, but um, yeah, if you can speak more to that. Oh, well, um, you know, on my uh, We Croak podcast, uh, I've just interviewed a lot of people who've written books about end of life and hospice and those kinds of things. Um, so I've read all these books. I've talked to the people. I love them so much. I'm trying to like, they have a lot to say and a lot of really important stories that I think um, are about end of life and about how we live, like considering the end that I think are important that I've just felt like I wanted to get out there in the world and wanted to understand myself considering what I'm doing. Um, so that's what I was talking about there in those stories. Uh, I have, have volunteered, it was a number of years ago in um, you know some pretty serious old age homes, uh, which was a really powerful experience. You know, just people were dying and or had terrible Alzheimer's, just, you know, sitting with someone who's not all there, but your presence still makes a difference, or they have someone to rant to who's not the nurse and not busy. It's, it's you know, it was, it was a very um, powerful and beautiful experience. Um, and, you know, there is a lot of wonderful work being done in hospice volunteering, um, particularly, well, there's different kinds. Um, here in New York, 
Um, there's often people who combine it with like a Buddhist practice, like the Zen Center for Contemplative Care, I believe it's called here, where, you know, you do a little bit of like mindfulness training as you're going and visiting deathbeds. And I know some people who've done that and uh, spoken the world of it. And I have not uh, at this point done that um, in that context, uh, but it's something that I'm thinking about a lot and uh, that I, I think is really important. Uh, no, definitely. And like I said, I'm just, uh, this is completely like different from any other podcast I've done to be completely honest. Like I, I've, I've <laughs> no, and it's just, it, but I, this is what I like. Like I said, I like the, the different, I like when it's different. I like when I can learn something new because like I said, for me, this podcast is just as much about a, as what I can learn as it is what my listeners can learn. So I, I appreciate how you're sharing so openly and, and, you know, sort of taking these random questions because this is not, like I said, the usual sort of uh, format or whatever you would say that I, that I'd usually have. So I appreciate again, the answers that you're giving. So are there any more stories that you might want to touch on um, in terms of like vulnerability? I know you sort of pa uh, passed by it. And one that I heard when I listened to your episode of 10% Happier was uh, when you lost your mother at a young age. Um, I don't know if that's something you want to talk about or not. But um, again, if there's anything else that you can share, just because again, I, I want to, again, the point of this is that when people hear these stories and what people went through and how they got through it and overcame it, like if it can help them with something that they're going through that's similar. I have had uh, a past guest that came on who um, is sort of like a, I guess her, she's a grief counselor, some something of that sort. And it really hit me pretty hard and gave me some, um, things to think about when she talked about dealing with that in, in her life when she lost her husband and so on. So again, um, anything else you'd like to share that story or any others completely up to you? Yeah. Um, the subject of grief is so big. Um, and um, kind of like death, people are unprepared for it. <laughs> Because they don't want to admit that the people they love are going to die. Some of them probably before them, but maybe not. Uh, and uh, I mean, I'll tell you what I think about grief is, you know, for millions of years, we were these, you know, tribal family humans. And there were no grocery stores. There was no refrigeration. Like you lost someone who was a key member of your family or tribe. Like it could be a starvation event, you know. Um, because everyone had to pull their weight and stuff like that. And as a result, you know, our relationships matter to us. So they matter to our hearts and they matter to like the part of us that's like the lizard brain panic part of us too. Like um, you ever hear stories about people who like have a breakup and like literally throw up, you know, like it's all the way down in the nerves in our stomach where like we think losing someone who we've eaten a lot of meals with and that we've shared space with is, the worst thing that can happen, we might die as a result, is how we feel. And that was true once, you know, that was true when our organisms were forming in the world. So, you know, people have someone they care about die and they're not ready for any of it. They don't, like, they think maybe they can reason through it, but ultimately their body is going through like a panic event, um, just baseline, like you can't eat or you eat too much or you throw up or, you know, your heart's palpitating and there's this whole like physical aspect of it. That's like, you're really going through it and you need help help, and you just need patience. And you kind of also just need to know what's happening that you're going to have this extreme physiological response um, that's irrational and that is intense and that makes you feel like you might die or you might starve or like everything is going to crawl down around you. And it's because just of how we evolved and that relationships are important. We have to know what that is and be ready for it. And that's even before we get to the questions of the heart of like, you know, will I ever have someone who loves me like my mother again? Or, um, you know, uh, will, you know, if it's a partner, like, you know, will I ever have a romantic love or these sort of like, uh, or just, I miss them and I wish I could see them, you know? And that's, that's on top of the physiological response too. And then there's, you know, the, the sort of the easiest part, which is the rational part of like, you know, handling the arrangements, like figuring out how to run your life. Because, you know, we're not actually usually if we're middle class Americans going to starve when someone we love dies. Um, how do like, you know, and all of those things are happening at once. No one's really prepared in our culture because we deny death so much. And therefore, like we're really 
bad at grief and it's, you know, um, and I think even if we did it as best as possible, it's going to be, you know, at least a multi-year process when it's a really deep one anyway, even if you handle it really well and you're ready for all of it. Um, and when you're not ready for all of it, um, you know, it stretches decades of like really being traumatized and hurt and still reeling from it. Uh, that was my experience when my mother died, um, is like, you know, I was getting into my thirties and finally coming to a place where I could feel all right again with, um, that emptiness and that sort of disruption and that trauma in my life. Um, Yeah, I'll tell a story. Uh, have you ever heard of the the Burning Man Festival out in Nevada? It's just like a crazy place in the desert. People go and seen have like it. A yeah, seen it online. Haven't really like looked too much into it, but don't know what it is. Yeah. So it's just a place where like a lot of people show up, and you know, it's just it's a big party with seventy thousand people in the desert, and a lot of things happen. And one morning I was biking along and I like wandered into a blender camp, which is something that happens there where people just like hand you a smoothie, and I was just like sitting there. And these people were doing like um, an icebreakers get to know you game. So I joined the circle and people were just like pulling like questions out of a hat and then answering them to the group as a way to like, hey, meet new people, enjoy your smoothie, have a fun time. Um, and the question I got, you know, going back to that crazy coincidence thing, it's like, you know, who in your life um, would it like hurt most if they died today you know who what who was the person in your life that if they died today that would be like the most hurt the worst thing um and you know i started to cry because i'm like whew, you know i've been through that yeah no kidding <laughs> i was 11 and that was really hard um <clears throat> and uh <clears throat> today you know that person is my husband um and you know it was this <clears throat> moment where I wasn't really prepared to be vulnerable and ended up crying and getting hugged by strangers and da, da, da. but you know it was just it was funny how I needed to remember like oh yeah like I've been through that and now I know who that person is now and um it could happen I, it hasn't yet thank goodness uh and um yeah it's just like grief is it's part of being prepared for death and um we really do have to know that uh, that it's a lot and be ready. No, and honestly, like, thank you for sharing that. And and I could tell that it, it took a little bit um, for you to get there. And, and I appreciate that so much. And, and it just sort of brought me back because in the, a couple of years ago, and, and not to compare stories or anything like that, but a couple of years ago, I lost my grandfather who was very close to me. And I can tell you that when you're talking about, you know, people having to deal with grief and we all deal with it differently. I did not deal with it well. And it wasn't for about a year after it happened when I had a conversation with his wife, I literally fell apart, let every emotion out and just realized like that I didn't deal with it when it happened. And I had just basically piled myself under a bunch of other things. I, you know, tried starting my own business. I tried doing this, that and everything else. There was things and you know things involved that I was trying to use to band-aid you know how I was feeling and and then when I finally decided okay I'm gonna sort of deal with this and cope with this I fell apart completely I was you know tears running down the face like couldn't breathe just like lost it and I was like wow like why did I wait so long to let myself sort of feel this um when I could have you know maybe not, not not that I could have done it sooner. Cause like you said, there's so many things going on in your head and in your heart when these things happen, but it just started bringing me back to that moment because like, I, I, and it made me, it definitely helped when my grandmother who passed away just over a year ago, when she passed, it helped me deal with that a lot differently because of the way that I recognized, you know, that the first way, the first time that I went through it. And these are the, some of the biggest losses in my life over the last, you know, few years of my life. And so again, um, you know, it just, it's really true now that I'm thinking about it, how we can get so caught up in, in all these other thoughts and things and just sort of not want to deal with things. And then, you know, and it's a hard thing to deal with. It's not easy because his passing was very sudden. It was, you know, he was here one week and he was gone the next. And I had no idea of the health issues and stuff that he was facing and everything like that. It was just like, well, how did, how did that happen? You know? And so again, it's, um, you know, again, this is, a uh, 
this one is definitely um hitting hitting some heartstrings for me so i appreciate i appreciate everything that that you're talking about and and all the perspective that you're giving me so everything that's happened in your life up until this point how would you say it's helped you get to where you are right now like where you're at in your life and your business like how if you could take everything that's happened over your lifetime and culminate like how would you say it's culminated in, in helping you become who you are First, I just want to say thank you for sharing those stories. It's really, you know, beautiful to like be on a podcast talking about ideas and all of a sudden we're also sharing our hearts. It's special. And I just want to acknowledge that. Um, You know, to be honest, like hard things happen in our lives and, and mostly it doesn't help that much until well i'll just say like for a long time i was just bouncing from one hard thing to another not dealing with it well not dealing with grief well for a decade not like you know just having good experiences and tough experiences um and it's not until i started to have the humility to to learn you know to um to start reading into these books on practical philosophy and meditation, to get a meditation teacher, to, um, to practice, uh, and, uh, to realize that not only do I not have any of the answers about how to live well, but I'm unlikely to get them just from reeling from the hurts, (laughs) whatever they are. Um, did I start really like being able to constructively pick up the pieces, uh, and start putting them back together in an arrangement that was sort of creative and interesting and that I was happier with. So I would say once I started doing that, I took the things like the heartbreak about my mother's death and um, the early experiences with grief. And I um, discovered passions for like, you know, the dark side of meditation and the remembering death all the time. And I started an app and I did this cool stuff with my life experience that I'm really proud of. Um, and that was what I kind of had to work with. Um, but those pieces didn't help me get there at all. It was listening to people who mastered living before i did oh so for me the like the, the subtitle of this podcast is stories of struggle and vulnerability leading to success and fulfillment and honest to god like i don't know that i've had somebody put it in a way that to me just sort of defines it even better because like for for you to say that you basically took those things that happened to you and how tried to find the the your passions because of them that's like the definition of what i'm trying to do here because i want people to understand that your struggles aren't necessarily as hard as they are and as much as in the moment they suck and and that these things are going to happen to us that there is something we can learn from them and you're showing that left right and center today and and i i like i said i i keep saying it that i appreciate it because it's it's this is one that i i I, literally this has not happened so I, i just i really appreciate it so would you say that at this point in your life, getting to that, that you found success and fulfillment in your life finally, or would you say that you're still on a journey towards it? Um, yeah, I, I, I really think life is, you know, medias rest, we're always just in the middle of it. Um, I know that I'm in general happier than I've ever been. <laughs> so I'm going to keep going this way. Um, and uh you know part of living is being a little bit unfulfilled like that's the fun of it like um maybe this is not a very buddhist thing of me to say but it's okay to have your desires and your wants if they're sort of healthy and you're not too attached to them you know like i'm here to to live and to make things and to do things and uh i'm gonna keep doing that and uh keep keep on like trying to learn and trying to help people and you know that's that's sort of sort of it I, I i don't really believe in that sort of end point like now i'm fulfilled um aspect so much right now in my life um as something that makes sense <laughs> uh, maybe one day you know you you find your spot on a mountain and you're just content to meditate there until kingdom come and people can come visit you and ask their questions and you can give your like wise retorts i don't know like maybe some people get there and that's like their creative being in the world is 
you know, just sitting there and being really happy. Um, and uh, for me, it's, you know, it's uh, maybe I'm a little bit of a wannabe artist so that like, I enjoy making things. I enjoy having projects. I enjoy um, making my little marks on the world and having, you know, fun. And I think that's also a very valid thing. And that's to do that. You have to work with non-fulfillment. What would you would like to see next in the world? Um, and, you know, it's, it doesn't mean like I'm, I'm pretty happy doing that. Um, no, and, and that's, uh, like I said, everybody's answer is going to be different. And I have no, like, I'm not looking for, uh, you know, a specific answer to any of these questions. And one thing that comes to mind in everything that you're saying is a good friend of mine. He has a saying that he says to people now that is something that he's come up with in his life recently, which is that happiness equals success. It's not the way the other way around. A lot of people feel like when they become successful and they have all the things that they want, that's when there'll be happiness happiest, sorry. Um, whereas his philosophy now is that happiness equals success. So once you've found happiness in your life, you've, you've got what you need pretty much. And anything else after that is sort of a bonus. So that's, you know, my correlation, I guess, to what you said, but, and it's something that's definitely stuck with me and got me to think because I used to chase titles and money and this and that and everything else. I was in sales for 17 years. I mean, sales is all about chasing commissions and, and dollar amounts. So, I mean, for me, it's, I've, I've shifted the way that I think and look at things a lot um, in the last few years. So for me, that, that sort of stands out there. So we're down yeah, to, this, oh. sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> oh, just one thing, I guess, you know, I, I, I tend to look at it more as like significance. Like I feel like people are willing to like give their lives for what they find significant, be it a cause or something like this. But I haven't found too many historical places where people were willing to give their lives for like some brief happiness or something. So, you know, I, I try to get always come down to like, well, what's my value? What's meaningful to me? What's significant? You know, that's what I want to give my life to. because That's, that's all I have. Um, which is slightly different than happiness. But usually when I find my life like rich in meaning, whether it's going well or not, even if I'm like on the surface frustrated or unhappy, like deep down, I'm pretty happy. Um, and that's, that's where happiness is for me. It's and um, like really going for what's significant and meaningful and where, what I value. And I, I think it's important to define that a little bit for at least for me. No, um, that makes sense. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's all. Uh, what, what was your, it sounded like you had a last. Oh, question. I was just going to say like, we're, we're getting towards the end. And, and so I just had a couple more questions, but, um, but I totally, uh, I, I, again, everything you're, you're putting out there, I, I'm, I'm loving just because it's, again, it's giving me different ways to look at things. And, and I, I just, in the last few years of my life, I've just really enjoyed learning from other people and like, whether it's through books, through this podcast that I only started a few months ago or whatever it might be. It's just, I, I, I just like getting different perspectives because I think that's sort of what life's about is you have to look at it from different perspectives. If you look at it, you know, black and white or, you know, through the blinders and stuff like that, life I don't think is pretty or very fulfilling at all or, or pretty boring if you ask me. And so for me, it's just, you know, this is, I just, I, I, I don't, I, I, like I said, I enjoy it. I enjoy learning and I really enjoyed everything you've had to say. And, and I like that sort of you challenge these points that I'm bringing up because it, again, it, it just gives me something to think about. So, um, so yeah, but yeah, again, so we're, we're down to the last couple of questions here. <laughs> um, so the, the final question really um, is I like to give everybody something to walk away with at the end of the episode. I mean, you've given us a lot of things to think about a lot of takeaways um, but I like to give people three key takeaways, three things that if they were to finish listening to this episode, they could sit down, jot them down, whatever, or take action on them. So if you could give uh, our listeners three key takeaways from your life, your journey, um, that would be awesome. So go ahead. Oh, uh, well, yeah, my, my passion in life right now is telling people, don't forget you're going to die <laughs> anytime. Uh, tomorrow, you don't necessarily get your full possible human lifespan until 80 you know, live your life today in a way you can be proud. You know, every hour that you spend on something meaningful to you is a victory. Uh, every minute that you turn away from some stupid distraction you don't care about or some work stress that doesn't mean much to you and toward whatever you care about most and that's for you to decide is a victory. Your life is made of such moments. And if you can spend more time with them, you will be happier with how you spent your life with however much time you have. So that's that's it the hour long. And that's, that's all I really needed to say is like, don't forget that. And that's, uh, that's, 
what I've made a big part of my life around trying to remind people that because it's been really helpful for me to remember that because it's always true. Well, you've helped me remember it five times a day. So I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so last thing um, is, like I said, it's not so much a question, but I'd just like to give everybody an opportunity to sort of just do some self-promotion, talk about what they're up to, uh, anything they've got going on, anything they want the world to know about. So uh, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so first, we crook app. It will remind you you're going to die five times a day. Uh, there's also like a leap function, like some premium stuff uh, where you get more quotes and uh, some weekly challenges and perhaps some more tools that we're building out there soon. Uh, also, there's a Week Rook podcast. So, you know, if you liked a lot of the things that I have to say, well, I'll tell you, like a lot of these ideas come from looking at death and talking to people who are even more on the front lines than me and have made decades long careers taking care of the dying. And you can listen or philosophers who are really wrestling with the biggest uh, issues around like life, death and being. And if you're interested, um, you know, in those kinds of conversations, about what it all means and how it's uh, it's vulnerable. Tune into the We Crook podcast as well because uh, um, we yeah I think it's it's these kinds of conversations. Well, I definitely gonna add that to my list. I've I've finished pretty much everything on my list of podcasts at this point in my library. And and uh, I, to be honest, I didn't even uh, know that you had a podcast at, at this point, but I will definitely add it to my subscribe list and start listening because this episode, like I said, multiple times has been huge for me. And I can only imagine that if the app's been helping me over the last year, that your podcast can push that even farther. So um, yeah, again, I really appreciate you getting back to me so quick on this. Me reaching out to you was, uh, in my eyes, it was a long shot. I had no idea if you were going to respond, if you were going to come on the podcast. I am very, uh, very happy that you did and appreciate how open you were and how much you shared. And yeah, I just uh, thank you. Thank you for coming on and, and thank, thank you for you. being so open. Great conversation. Podcasts are literally my favorite kind of thing to do. For <laughs> <laughs> Lucky me then. <laughs> because it's a conversation and it's long form and we can really like tell a story go to the places that we can actually get a little bit vulnerable and that's 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 what i enjoy most about you know talking to people awesome well again thank you for coming on and uh maybe we'll chat again soon okay thank you bye-bye take care bye Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also follow me, Brian Almeida, by searching my name on all platforms. If the podcast has impacted you in any way, I would also greatly appreciate a review. Lastly, if you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, I would love to have them on. Thank you and see you next week.